more of a teaching Sunday school verse by verse, and I also sprinkled some hymns in with it, and we will be singing some, doing some singing along with the sermon this morning. I, I believe singing is a way to reinforce what we're teaching, and it is a way to get you as a congregation involved in the Sunday morning worship time during the sermon period of the morning. So we would like to do that as well. Just a bit of a recap in the last sermon that I preached. And the last sermon was verses 13 through 16. And I'm not going to put you on the spot to have you tell me what the three points were. It would probably be an indictment on my teaching. So I will give you the three points that we had the last time that uh, that I preached. The three points were from verses 13 through 16, be prepared, be sober, and be holy. Be prepared because we are called to action. And how do we prepare our minds? We bring our minds to a sobriety. And that is not just talking about a sobriety in the area of alcoholism. But what are we doing to clear our minds that we are prepared for action in working in God's kingdom? And then, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now going into verse 17, I'd like to read verses 17 through 25. Going into verse 17, the first word in the ESV of verse 17 is and, which is it denotes a continuation, the previous. So I'd like to go back and start in verse 14, read three verses of the previous text, and then go into and read the text for today. First Peter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear through the time of your exile, knowing that you, knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with precious, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or, or without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world were made, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. May God bless the reading of his word. Going back to verse 17. And if you call on him as father. To call on God simply means to pray. Simply means to pray. Peter is not suggesting that it is optional, that prayer is an option if you're a Christian. Prayer is essential in the life of a Christian. How many of you take time on a regular basis, on a daily basis, to hear from God? I've mentioned this before. Sorry, there's something bothering me in the corner of my eye. I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again. One of the my favorite exercises that we do at work 
is every Friday at one of our meetings, we take volunteers for the next week for two or three people to take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour of solitude on company time. And what we mean by that is to get away from work and either to go out back. Some guys think it's best to sit in a tree stand. I'm not really one of those guys. But to get out back away from everything else, either in the woods or in a cabin somewhere or up to a coffee shop, somewhere that's not familiar, a familiar setting for you, and just spend time in thinking and writing and praying. No phone, no technology, just to sit. The first time I did that, it was actually very difficult to all of a sudden just stop and sit and all of, and in a, in a sense, waiting, but you're not sure what you're waiting for. But there is some, there's been some powerful things that have come out of those times. And then the next Friday we have, we have the people that did the solitude give just a short report on what did you do and what did you learn. I challenge all of us to do that. Praying is asking and talking to God and solitude is waiting and hearing back. If I talk with Bo as my son, I don't often talk with him for five minutes and then I and then walk away without expecting a response from Bo. But more often in the conversation, I talk with him and then I wait on his response. But way too often in my prayer time, I'm the one talking and talking and talking and after my requests are done, I'm done and then I go on my way. But how do I expect God to respond unless I actually wait to hear from him? Peter says... In the context, living lives of holiness. In the context, our conduct. He says, and if you call on him as father. If you hear the word father in connection to God, what comes to your mind? How do you, how do you view God? Do you view him as a daddy? Do you view him as this big person with a big stick waiting to strike you down? How do you, how do you view God this morning? Turn in your hymnals to number 822. 822. Sing this prayerfully. Gracious Father, hear us when we call on Thee. Just hang on to your hymn books, and I'd like to go into the next verse. Actually, the the latter part of verse 17. And if I call on You, Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear through the time of Your exile. Now, the, the, the context of the word fear does not mean afraid, or affrighted. But the context in the Greek in this setting means to be in reverence of, to be in awe of God as a judge. It says he, he judges us impartially. It does not matter who we are. It does not matter what status we hold in on this earth. But he judges us according to our conduct. What life am I living? He judges me according to my actions. God is evaluating the works of us as his children. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Now, as we go further into this passage, we will see why we can live lives of holiness. And in a sense, it's kind of repeating Peter is, in a sense, kind of repeating again what he said in the first part of this chapter. In Christ sent, or Christ as the perfect lamp is the only way we can come to the Father and live a life of holiness. Turn in your hymn books 
to number 139. Lord, thou hast searched and seen me through. Number 139. We're going to skip verse 4. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, 3, and 5. So God knows our every being. God is our judge. He knows our thought. However, He provided a way for us to live lives of holiness through the death of His Son. Verse 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Ransomed from our futile ways. Futile would mean ineffective, useless, dead in our sins. The redemption of sinful humanity could not be accomplished by anything perishable, anything that can decay or be destroyed. No money, although valuable, can redeem a soul from sin. Not gold, not silver, no legacy, no heritage, no tradition will suffice for redeeming us from our sinful state. Nothing that we inherited from our forefathers. Does it help us? Does historical perspective help us live lives of holiness? Absolutely. Can we learn from our forefathers? Absolutely. Traditions and legacy and heritage will not delete sin. Just because my father was a Christian, just because I have the actions of my grandfather, that does not grandfather me into the kingdom. It takes the blood of Christ. Verse 19, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. If we call something precious, it denotes a high price tag. Perfection denotes a high price tag. Why do I buy used cars? Because I don't want to pay the money for a new perfect car. It costs more. Jesus was perfect. He was without spot or blemish. The only perfect being that ever walked on earth. Anything perfect comes with a high value. Jesus or God gave his best for us. Turn to number 279. Song number 279. And it is because of this perfect sacrifice that allows us to live lives of holiness, makes it possible for us to live lives of holiness. I realize that nothing I'm saying this morning is new, but we're human and we need reminders and we need encouragement. Number 279, Man of Sorrows, What a Name. Please stand for this song. As we sing, let's try to really get to what the author is saying, what the composer is saying in this song. Man of Sorrows, going into verse 20, did God really foreknow that his son was going to be sacrificed? Or was the redemption plan plan B? Plan A didn't work out. As we heard this morning, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Did God know that Lucifer was going to contradict or challenge him? And by the way, this is just a side note. If you do a deep study in Ezekiel, Lucifer would be considered one of the archangels. And he was considered the worship leader in heaven. And he wanted to take the glory to himself. He was musically inclined. He was beautiful. And he wanted the people to worship instead of directing it to God. And God said, not so. And today we have evil. Was Jesus coming as a sacrifice plan B? No, it was not plan B. God foreknew. God knew that he was going to create us with the choice. And God knew what was going to happen in the garden. But God had a redemption plan. The foreknowledge, foreknown, means simply to know beforehand. Christ the perfect Lamb was foreknown before the world was created. Before the world was created, God knew that His Son would be the sacrificial Lamb that would take, that He would, that would 
die for our sins. I had another song that I had wanted to sing. Time is kind of slipping away from us. Great God, how infinite thou art. God knows everything. He knew before we were created. He knew before creation. He will know forevermore. He is infinite. Time cannot put parameters around God. God knows. Verse 21. Who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. As we talked about before, it is because of this that we can have free access to God the Father only through Christ. Christ is the agent for our salvation. So in the corporate world, and for sure in the sports world, most of the high-profile athletes have agents. They do not, they do not do their, do their corresponding directly with team owners. They go through their agent. That is basically the only way to get to their owners is through their agent. Today, Christ is our agent of salvation. It is through him that we come to the Father. If it wouldn't have been for the sacrifice, we'd still be going through the priest to the Holy of Holies once a year. But because of the sacrifice, we now have free access to the Father. And it was only through Christ that we'd, that we were granted that access. Today, for us as believers, our hope is not just wishful thinking. Our hope is not just a blind desire that something's going to happen someday. But our hope, we hope with expectancy. We hope with the confidence and we know that God's promises will come to pass. And that when Christ comes back to redeem his church, with his second coming, our salvation will be in full. And that is something to rejoice about today. That is something to rejoice about. Verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Peter comes back to obedience numerous times in this first chapter. Peter reinstates the importance of obedience in the life of a believer. Obedience to what? Obedience to the truth. Obedience to God's word. Obedience to this book right here. Obedience to God's word directed by the Holy Spirit. When we obey God's word, there's a purifying that happens in our heart that only God's word can do. A cleansing. But in order for that cleansing to take place, we need to feed daily. We need to feed on a regular basis in order to have our lives purified. How many of us would, how many of us would even think of every three days going downstairs and taking our purifying filter out of our water system? None of us even give that a thought because we want pure water. We have the filter for evil right here in our hands and we have free access. We have multiple of these per person in our homes. Are we using God's filter? Are we using the purifying living water on a daily basis. It not only cleanses us from sin, but it promotes sincere motives. Sincere meaning without hypocrisy. It stands in stark contrast of self-serving, a flattering kind of love. So we're all aware that we just came through some intense meetings over the last six months of our brotherhood agreement discussions. And even through those discussions, I was so blessed on each evening when we met here and we discussed and for sure on the evenings when there were varying opinions shared. And there was opinions shared that were differing. And even yet today, there might be some differing opinions. But one thing I noticed that whenever we took a break during those meetings, 
It took literally five seconds for this whole building to be just in a dull roar of people visiting, of people talking. And it so blessed me that we didn't allow the differences in opinion to hinder our fellowship. And that is true love for the brotherhood. And Peter says, if we come seeking the best for each other with motives that are pure, motives that are sincere, motives that are without hypocrisy, then we will love each other earnestly. And it's the only way to love each other fervently and earnestly. Love in the literal Greek meaning here means love for blood brothers and sisters. We are one through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are not all biological brothers and sisters here this morning. We all know that. But we are biological through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is something to rejoice in. Love one another earnestly or fervently, eagerly. This is to be done with a pure heart, genuine, not with ulterior motives. Turn in your hymn books, number 350, Heart with Loving Heart United. 350. I think we'll sing all three verses. Heart with Loving Heart. And now the last three verses. Verses 23 through 25. 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, For all flesh is like grass, and all glory, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and this is the good news that was preached to you. The closing verses remind us that the new birth is a requirement for holy living. Without going through the new birth experience and having Christ live within us, it is impossible to live lives of holiness. Peter quotes, The prophet Isaiah, when he contrasts the fragile existence of man with the eternal nature of God. Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, a voice says, Cry, and I said, What shall I cry? All all flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades but the word of our God will stand forever. That was Isaiah. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Because it is God's word, we know that our living hope will come to pass and our salvation will be complete when Jesus returns in his glory. Please stand and let's sing number 630. My faith has found a resting place. 630. My faith has found a resting place. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. That is our hope. And that is what Peter was speaking to the exiles that were sent out into those five different regions experiencing persecution. And he was telling them, hang on, your hope will be of redemption, it will be fulfilled. And that is a message for us today. I will just open it up quickly. Is there somebody that would have a praise testimony for your salvation this morning? I was just blessed to be here this morning. Just preaching, preaching the, 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 the truth of the gospel and the good news in a nutshell. And I think, I think what you preached this morning is a reason that we're all together Amen. here this morning. If it wasn't for the truth... Uh, of what 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 Peter wrote about the truth of the good the good news of the gospel of Jesus dying for our sins there, we wouldn't be together and and the reason we're together this morning is I think he just he states it so well he says knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things 
such as silver or gold, but precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. It goes on then in uh, 21 to say, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Mm. And that that's why we're together. Um, so thank you just for preaching the the something we, we live in an age where where we we constantly want new and and better and uh, like Neville was talking about this morning fast fashion mm-hmm. uh, this is this is not fast fashion at all this is this is it's um it's as old as as what what God had planned from the beginning mm-hmm. but it should be new to us every day and sure. I think uh, I thank you for for just preaching uh, these core truths I also appreciated just the, the the songs that you you led this morning, and some of these these uh, songwriters just put put it in a way they write it in a way that just encapsulates it so well. Mm-hmm. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless Lamb of God was He. Full atonement can it be? Hallelujah! What a Savior! Just want to say Amen to this to the message this morning. Thank you, Randy. Anyone else up here, Jaden? You may actually be seated if you're tired of standing. Oh. Uh- it struck me how that we are purified by the Word of God, mm. and um, and it goes so well with our uh, devotion that we had this morning on vision. You know, our focus, mm-hmm. and as we go through life, that's the only thing that keeps us actually focused on Jesus. That's how we stop speech and uh, case speech. You know, why why do we need to be worried about consumption? Well, it's about taking care of the earth, mm-hmm. keeping our focus on Christ. And why why can't we just despise transgender? Well. It's because of Jesus Christ. Amen. All we should be consumed with Jesus Christ. And I was just so blessed to be here this morning. Praise the Lord. Just want to praise the Lord and thank the Lord of the gospel again. And I love that idea of that it's these truths that give us purpose and rescue us from a life of futility. Mm-hmm. And it's that is the motivation that drives us to holiness. Amen. And the praise be to God that he has truly redeemed us and made us acceptable to the Father. So thank you for that word. Absolutely. Maybe we'll sing that as a benediction. Would that be okay? All right. Thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for being here and joining our worship service. May God bless you as you leave these doors. Let's take God with us. Let's not leave it here. God's presence is not in the building. It's in us. So let's take God with us as we go into this next week. Let's all stand and we'll sing the first. Let's sing first and last verse of 851. First and last verse of 851. And then you can consider yourselves dismissed.